welcome to Africa, Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This month, we're happy to have Sitsi Dangaremga on the program. She's a Zimbabwean writer and filmmaker. Her first novel, Nervous Conditions, was named as one of the hundred novels that has changed the world. Sitsi Dangaremga has a new novel out this year called This Mournable Body. We asked Sitsi what This Mournable Body is about in her own words. This Mournable Body continues the story of a woman called Tabuzai Sigalke. And her story began in a book called Nervous Conditions, which was my first novel. And it continues with The Book of Knot, which was the second. And so This Mournable Body is the last in the trilogy. And basically these three volumes just track Tabuzai's life from her childhood through adolescence into middle age. I basically wanted to tell the story of an ordinary Zimbabwean woman growing up in Zimbabwe. At the beginning of the book, she's in a predicament because she's university educated but unemployed after quitting a copywriting job. And things are happening all around her, within her family, within the community, within Zimbabwean society. But she's having this constant internal dialogue because she's trying to succeed. Well, that's wonderful. When I wrote it, I didn't really intend to have the internal dialogue come out on the page. Maybe that was just a consequence of having done what I set out to do, which was to give Zimbabwean people some kind of yardstick by which we could assess how we are doing as Zimbabweans. Also to, to give other readers elsewhere in the world an insight into a real person. Africans are so often regarded as the Africans by the rest of the world, and a lot of narrative about Africa is rather stereotypical. There are characters like prostitutes, like young men who steal, corrupt politicians, etc. And of course, we have all these people on the continent and in Zimbabwe. But we also have individuals who are just trying to get on with their lives. And so it was important for me to make that statement. The book takes place in 1999. The Liberation War has been over for the past 20 years, but it's still fresh in, in the minds of Tambudzai and her family because it greatly affected her as it affected people in Zimbabwe, including her sister who lost a leg fighting for Zimbabwe's independence. And this adds to perhaps Tambudzai's internal pressure, but also maybe her guilt because she was at school while members of her family were fighting for Zimbabwe's independence. Yes, absolutely. This is an ongoing issue that comes up again and again in Zimbabwe. The idea of we are the people who went to war and we sacrificed so much for the country. You are the people who stayed at home. What have you done? What did you do? What are you doing for the country? So this is something that's still very topical. And processes of history take a long time. So 20, 30, 40 years is really not that long in the lifetime of a nation. And um, when nations go through tra traumatizing events, they're etched into a, a kind of a collective memory, and it takes uh, a long time to process that. So part of Tambudzai's journey is processing all those social upheavals and contradictions that have resulted from the country's recent history. And I also think this is 
an important issue that you bring up, and that is Tambudzai's relationship to white people or white Zimbabweans in her life. Because one of the people who gives her a break, and I put that in quotes, is Tracy Stevenson, someone who was in her secondary school. She sort of has her foot in two worlds. She's Zimbabwean, but not Zimbabwean enough to scare whites, either tourists or perhaps white Zimbabweans. What I wanted to do was to show that issues of race have not been laid to rest in Zimbabwe. It's just like in the rest of the world where certain concentrations of melanin convey certain privileges or remove certain privileges from you. So um, Tambudzai still has a lot of resentment towards white people. And I think this is something that is not touched upon. I think it's something that people have to work through somehow to understand that you cannot impose the kind of colonial and apartheid rule that we had in our part of the world and not expect for there to be any consequences. The question is then, okay, how do we now engage to get beyond this? And I think the first thing is that People have to be honest. People have to admit, yes, we do have resentments. People have to to admit that, yes, we understand that if you are in such a position, you can be resentful. But then there's also how people respond when they are resentful. And yet they know that these are the people who can offer them privileges. And so it becomes a very uh, difficult situation of having to be complicit in your own dehumanization. And that is actually what Tambuzai goes through. One major issue that comes out of a conflict or the liberation war is mental illness. And there's a very telling moment when Tambudze has a mental breakdown, and it's almost as if all her problems have overwhelmed her. She had been previously floating above the problems. I mean, your book is written in three parts, and she interacts with family members and people in society and her bosses, but she's almost attached. And it seems that the issues that she's taken a step back from come and attack her ultimately, and she has a mental relapse. Generally, if issues that result in conflict are not addressed, that conflict tends to escalate. And this can happen at the personal level, where you can then see a character like Tambuzai being overwhelmed by the issues that she's not able to process. And it can also happen at the national level. Mental illness is something that is very definitely correlated with the liberation war because, of course, we know that the trauma of war results in post-traumatic stress syndrome. We know this is documented and it happens to all human beings everywhere. So Zimbabwe went through this war and many people were affected by it in the most unimaginable ways. And I doubt that there's a family in Zimbabwe that doesn't have a horror story to tell still. So while on the one hand, there is the narrative that we are the ones who went to war, there's also the narrative that we are the ones who suffered this and that as a result of the war, without even having the compensation, if you like, of being able to claim any glory for it. We were just the affected. And so that is uh, something that I am very concerned about. I have not heard that there were many programs for rehabilitation and dealing with those kinds of stress disorders. Um, Generally, in my culture, up until recently, the, the psychological 
impact of events and history and things that are happening has really not been taken into account. Now we see that there's an epidemic in the urban centers at least of uh, young people who are addicted to cough syrup. And so it's becoming a public health issue. And so I think there's going to be more attention on that. But uh, the statistics show that suicide must always be associated with some extremely negative situation that the person cannot cope with. And the statistics show that suicide is one of the leading causes of death amongst people, teenagers through to to their um, early 30s on the continent. So it's actually a huge issue that's going to require more attention. Tembudzai, she's such a rich character, but let's take a look at the other characters because they are quite important. The beauty of this book is that there are so many strong female characters. And in fact, even the female house help has a voice or a stifled voice, but she's a three-dimensional person. She's not just a, a shadow lurking behind the main characters of the story. The focus on women I think is is something that is quite important and, and really you get a more complex or um, nuanced view of women in different levels of society in Zimbabwe through your characters. Yes, absolutely, Laura. I'm glad that you really um, responded to that and that it resonated with you. For me, this is the important thing to say, is to say that that all of these people who may seem like shadowy people out there in the world are actually people like you and me. You know, they have their desires, the things that aspire to, they have their strengths and their weaknesses. And um, if we could understand that about the world, that all the many billions of us are essentially very similar in that there are things we all want, things that we are prepared to strive for and to work for, I think we would be able to respect each other a little bit more. So that's one of the things that I really uh, do my best uh, to engage with. Um, I have strong women characters because we live in a very complex world. And often when one is writing, if you prioritize one section of society, the other gets lost. And so if I were to then engage also with male characters, at least in uh, portraying the life of Tambudzai, that would have taken away from how I could portray some of the female characters. So that is also done on purpose. And I also still think women need to be encouraged. They need to see that the journeys they are taking are valuable to society and that uh, we don't belittle what women are going through. I tweeted about my own journey just after I had finished this and I was just looking at my life and assessing And uh, I tweeted about how the many intersecting categories affect me. And a woman wrote back to me. She responded to me on Twitter. And she said, Sissy, you are so spot on. People don't know what it takes when you have been socialized in a particular way, not to speak, not to have, not to be in any way that is self-affirming. She said to me, I sit in the boardroom and my stomach still churns when I have to speak but I'm working on it. And she said, I'm 40 years old. What are you working on now? I mean, I know you just finished this book. Are you working on another topic or are you working on a screenplay or? Yes, I'm working on several screenplays. It's actually easier to produce as a writer because it requires less resources to do that. 
having said that, it's not easy at all. But for me, my experience is that although it's been difficult, at least it's been possible to produce as a writer, as a filmmaker, not so much, but I've got four or five scripts of my own that I'm working on. Plus, I'm mentoring a lot of young people on the continent from different nations. And I have four or five projects in development there. And um, I'm working on a, a novel now. It's uh, It started off as a young adult novel. It's a uh, speculative dystopian. And I'm, I'm not sure whether it will stay young, young adult, but I'm on my second draft and uh, I'm enjoying the change. <laughs> That's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening to Africa Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. What are you reading? Let us know. Write to us at storiesinthe55 at rfi.fr. That's storiesinthe55 with 55 as numbers at rfi.fr. Goodbye. Goodbye.